Wow, wow. And that man alive. All right, so coming out of that, um, we're going to kind of rise it up just a little bit. There was this word that we've learned, Greek word for nourishment, you know, when we were seeing this scene with Jesus and he's talking to Peter and he told him after three times he'd asked Peter, you know, Peter, do you love me? And uh, Peter said, Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do, Lord. And so Jesus said, feed, ten, feed. And one of the words was Bosco. Kind of makes me think of Ovaltine just a little bit, of that chocolate drink. It's a great chocolate drink. But let's just all say Bosco, because have you not just been nourished in that moment? So on the count of three, let's just say Bosco. One, two, three. Bosco! Oh my gosh, even that is nourishing. Oh... You have no idea what I needed this. I need this. I need this. I need this. And it's in those moments when I pretend that I don't need it. It's when I know I've got to dive in the most. Thanks. Super cool to see y'all. I'm going to get you up in just a second, like Deb said. You know, if we've come in here and we haven't uh, met someone, maybe even rekindled a relationship, the one thing I love that as people walk into this room, there's probably more hugs given in this room than any place that I'm ever around. And I absolutely love that. It reminds me of the scripture where it says to meet one another with a holy kiss. So, I mean, you can, if you're going to kiss each other, just kind of do the little peck on the, on the side or whatever. Pop, no kissing on the lips, please. You got to watch him, boy. He gets, he's slippery. <laughs> He's slippery. He'll, he'll, put, he'll put them lips on you in a heartbeat. Amen. Isn't that good? So let's do that. The, uh, let's just do that right now. And then Dotson, where did you make it into the barn? Yeah, and then when we say, when we get everybody back down, then we got Dotson's going to remind some folks of stuff. So everybody up. Say hello to one another. Hello. Learn a name. Oh, yeah. Thank you.
Coach him up for a second on your on the what you got roaring on your So everybody hear that? May 13th, that's for guys and guys that want to be guys. And um, it really doesn't matter the age. And the, the reason behind that, guys, is because of, of what we've been talking about since the first of the year. Is that, and even what we shared last week, that the, that the gospel and the depth of the gospel and the way that the gospel is lived out, which means is great news, and which means that you will believe out, you will live out who you believe you are. In every moment given. That's why we just keep flashing this on you. Keep flashing it on us. Because there's times even within a conversation, I may believe that I'm someone that, that is contrary to how God sees me. And therefore, if I'm changing myself any at all, I've just made you a temporary God. And so we're saying you live out who Jesus says you are. He's giving you full authority. He's giving you full power. And then we have to believe that, get to believe it, and then we start living those moments out. And so for us as men, a lot of times we tie our value and our, and our uh, meaning in what we do. And so what Dodson wants to do is get men together, and guys, and first the thing, just get to know each other's heart and develop bunker mates, all right? Y'all got that? Y'all ready to have some fun? All right, let's dive in. All right. 
Uh, the one other thing, one other little housekeeping thing uh, with refuge, it's kind of cool uh, that when your address is on there, you, you know how we roll here that uh, there's no committees whatsoever when there's money involved, but there's these thank you notes that roll through our address because our address is listed on the paperwork. And we see that paperwork, I think now twice in the five years that, we, that we've gathered. I just love that because see, God's not a doctrine. God is not a doctrine. God is not a bylaw. God is in you. And so we believe that. And so we get to trust the Jesus in you. And so whenever this bucket, we tell you you don't have to put anything in that bucket, but if you want to, then notes like this come out. I have no idea who this is. And that's even more beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for your uh, gift to support my ministry this summer. Your prayers and finances are greatly appreciated. Your investment will have far-reaching results as I help reach people for Christ. Please join in praying that God would continually deepen my commitment to the cause of Christ. Your prayers are very important. Thanks again for your support. Dana, Danny, D-A-N-I. Does anybody know her? Or him? Romans 10, 14. Beautiful. I don't have to. Amen. I love it. <laughs> okay. Super. It's part of the 4,000 y'all rolled out last time. Real quick, Drew is heading to Manhattan in about a month. And uh, so, same Jesus that's in Hungary is in Manhattan that's in this room. Right? Let's have some fun, gang. All right. Amen. You want to do it? Out of kid. Lord, I don't know who Danny is, but you do. Mm. Um, so we just lift, uh, lift him up, uh, bless him in, in, in ways that they can't imagine. Lord, I thank you for letting them take the time to, to write us and to show their thankfulness. Um, I ask you to be with Drew as he prepares now and he's been preparing to go to Manhattan. Um, well, we all know it's, it's a big place, uh, but you're, you're bigger than, than what Manhattan is. Yes. And I ask you to be with him and and start preparing the hearts in Manhattan uh, right now mm -hmm. uh, as he heads that way. Lord, I thank you for loving us. You know, we pray. Amen. 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 What's your need? What was that? What do you need? Um, man, God's He's provided a lot already um, through a bunch of churches I've already raised. 1,100. I'm about 2,400 in need still. That you prayer. need 1,300 more. 2,400 more. 2,400. That's okay. some, some good prayer and love. <laughs> That's right. Hey Amen. Isn't that good? One more. I mean, it's just neat because... Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not sure how far that one will go. I can ride them all day long. <laughs> I just don't know how good they are. You know, one more that was kind of cool. We've, we've often said that we'll not be identified by an address. And uh, boy, Sarah's 
demonstrated that. A need came out. We met uh, Darla Campbell this past week, Safe Haven, Stepping Stones, and she's living life with ladies who are in transition and from homelessness to whatever stage of life. They just want to have ladies live life with other ladies that have a desire to do that. And, and so we dig that and think it's very cool. And so she said that there's a particular barn in town, Crossway, that has said, we're going to open up our doors. I love that. If you're going to have a barn, wear it out. 24-7. We said, well, they needed some cots. They said, we got a barn, but we need some places for the ladies to lay their heads down. We said, well, we can buy some cots. We don't have a barn, but we can buy some cots. So the folks that do cash in. So thanks for making that need known. And here we are showing the body, showing the world that the body will unite, guys. We will unite. Has zero to do with an address, right? All right, so... Over the next few weeks, we're going to discuss um, Pentecost. It's actually in Acts 2. You've, if you've been in any kind of place like this at all, you've heard the story a trillion times. Okay? So I thought what would be kind of neat is to try to dissect it just a little bit. And for me, if you've hung around me any at all, you, just, you, you know that I love to try to place myself in the scenes and, and even try to develop dialogue that we don't see in the Word here. And to just try to come up with, you know, could this have been this way? And so we're not adding or taking away anything from the Word, but what we're doing is going, what kind of questions would I have in that scene? Because a lot of times, if you're like me, you'll read the Word and you'll just say, well, I guess that's all they had to say about that. But think about your life and all of the sidebar conversations that you have after a meeting. If you've been in any kind of meeting and there's been minutes taken of the meeting, think of the conversations you've had before the meeting and then after the meeting that aren't recorded. Right? And so I think it opens us up because, again, if, if our vision of God is that we've got Him figured out, your God's not big enough. He will not be put in a box. He will not be defined by anyone's doctrine. He will not be defined by how I even think I've got Him defined. He's way bigger than whatever Bibbo can come up with. The guys, he's, he's spun out billions upon billions upon billions of suns that look like ours. And we haven't even seen them all. And so in this, one of the questions I have is going, God is an, on, he is an on-purpose God. Would everyone agree to that? Yeah. yeah, look at your hands. He made you on purpose. There's no other DNA like yours. And so I'm going, well then why did He send the Holy Spirit who has been on the scene since God with the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit, He's been on the scene. Why was He so specific to send the Holy Spirit to the 120 in the room 50 days later, on Pentecost, our first, our week, uh, first weeks, 50 days after Passover, why was he so specific on that? And I'm not going to come away tonight and say that I've got the answer definite, but I do have some maybes for us. I've got one definite maybe for us at the very end. So let's just read what our anchor spot's going to be over the next few weeks. It's going to be Acts 2. 
So I'm just going to read that. So go ahead and find that in your book or screen. And it's Acts 2, verse 1. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Real quick, it would be similar to this. We're going to find out later there was 120. There's approximately 100 in here right now. So put yourself in the scene. You're in the room. It's 10 days after Jesus has already ascended. He's been on the ground for 40 days after He blasted out of the tomb. Now it's 10 days later and you're in a room still scared to death. You're hunkered down. So all the believers are meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Amazing scene. That's going to be our anchor over the next few weeks, alright? And so what I want us to do is go, why on this day? So, I want us to go back. So find Leviticus. It's going to be the third book. It's in the Old Testament. It's on the... If you're actually holding the book, it'll... It'll look like that with your pages a little bit. Right? Yeah. It's one of those books, really, that you kind of go... You start making faces. You just kind of go, really? Wow. There's a whole bunch of do's and don'ts in that. But I think we can still see how cool God is in it. Because He is a good, good Father. So, uh, Pentecost, or Shaviot, is also known as the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of Harvest. Now gang, in, in the old days here, there was three big pilgrim, pilgrimage festivals that you were required to go to if you were following Jesus under the Jewish law. And the first one was one that we just talked about a little bit, was Passover. Okay? Remember that one, Passover. That's actually when Jesus, that's the sacrificial lamb. Jesus came in. He satisfied that. Then the second one in the Jewish law would have been this one that we're talking about. Fifty days later, it would have been the um, Feast of Weeks. And then the last one would be um, Sukkot. It was um, booths. You probably Feast of Booths or... And so this particular one, it was a joyous time celebrating a wheat harvest. A summer, a late spring, early summer harvest that these guys were coming in and bringing back to the temple. Uh, Leviticus 23. Way to go. Some think also, depending on who you read, but a lot of folks, a lot of scholars, a lot of guys have done a lot of research, they also say that this particular celebration ties in with the time when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and received the law, the commandments. And so there's a lot going on right here. Now, just real quick, imagine yourself being, hanging out with Moses in the gang as they're listening to Moses 
and him talking to a bush that's burning and it's not getting consumed. And maybe you weren't there that time or maybe you weren't there exactly when you saw Moses hearing God say, I am who I say I am. And then what would cause you to believe Moses? And trust Him. And start following the cloud. And the conversations that would have been as you were picking up manna, and if you picked up more than what you were supposed to that day, it fell rotten. (laughs) Don't pick up more than what you're supposed to. The discipline in that, when you don't know what you're going to get the next day, And so just place yourself in the tribe of people that are following Moses and you're in this new found freedom. And now you see Moses go up on Mount Sinai, which is approximately 7,000 feet. And he's coming down and he's got these tablets. And they've been stroked out by God. And they're going, here we go. And listen to some of the stuff. So let's just dive in right here. So this is Leviticus 23, and we'll start with verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. Verse 15. Skip down. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, Count off seven full weeks. We're talking about the Feast of Weeks here. Okay? So we're counting off Passover. Keep counting until the day of the seventh, seventh Sabbath, 50 days later, then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with yeast. You just baked stuff before and passed over without any kind of rising element. Now you're able to introduce it. They will, be off, they will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. Just real quick, some folks right there think that the two loaves represent the Jewish people and Gentiles. And then just later on tonight, read Ephesians 2 and see how through Christ He brings the two people groups together. That, that Jesus did not want any division whatsoever. Verse 18, along with the bread, present... Listen to this, gang. Just picture yourself having to bring this. All right? Along with the bread, present seven one-year-old male lambs with no defects, one young bull, and two rams as burnt offerings to the Lord. These burnt offerings together with the grain offerings and liquid offerings will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Verse 19, Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. Verse 20, The priest will lift up the two lambs as a special offering to the Lord together with the loaves representing the first of your crops. These offerings which are holy to the Lord belong to the priest. That same day will be proclaimed an official day for holy assembly, a day on which you do no ordinary work. It's a permanent law for you. It must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. And last one here, 
when you harvest, when you bring in, when you gather, when you're bringing all this stuff in, the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. And do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it to the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. I love that. God is such in the detail that if you have a field, He's saying, look, leave that edge for those that don't have a field. If it happens to fall on the ground, leave it. There's going to be folks that need that. And the discipline to be able to say, you know what, man, I'm just, whoa, son. Don't, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go that far. So that's where I want us to go here for a second. Because see, all of this was an oral handing down. It was an oral teaching constantly. Generation to generation to generation. And what did that look like? So let's pretend that we're this family and we're going out and we're preparing for this particular offering. It's 50 days later. It's a celebration. We're going back to where just 50 days prior we've been. Do you think any of the kids would have asked questions? Are you kidding? <laughs> hey, uh, Daddy, come here, son, huh? Where are we going? Well, we're gonna we're gonna go out in the in the field. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna bring in some wheat. We're gonna bring in a harvest. Well, well, why are you looking over all of this? Why why are you being so picky about what you pick, Daddy? Well, son. You see, this, this is an actual uh, other celebration to God. You, you see, we're going back to celebrate God giving us this land. We're, we're actually, son, going back to celebrate the fact that, that we have a crop. And we're going to take a bundle, and we're going to take everything else, and we're going to go present it to the Lord, God. Okay? Why? Daddy? Well, son, part of it is because we have to uh, give uh, a sin offering. A what? What did you say, Daddy? A sin offering? What's a sin? Could you answer that one? What? I, I've not ever heard you and Mama talk about that. What's that mean? Well, son, come on. Let's, let's see if we can find some other stuff. What that is, is it, it's something that, that maybe we do that, we, that is not in the will of God. That's not God's best for us. That's not God's desire for us. That's not how He wants us to live. That, that son is a sin. Well, how do we know what He wants us to do? Daddy? Is there a list? Do you, can you show me that? Is there something that you've been handed, Daddy? Mama, does Mama have it in the house? What, what is out of God's will? Quick time out on the scene. How would you answer that one? Because see, for us in Christendom here, whatever your list is, that's your view of God. 
He's busted your list. <laughs> Christ has fulfilled your list. Christ has fulfilled your list. Right. So let's go back to the field. How did the daddy answer the son? Well, son, there are particular things, yes, in our life that we have that we just... Man, if we do them, we'll be going back to the temple a whole lot more. <laughs> Son, quite honestly, I'm not quite sure i got enough animals. I'm, I'm starting to get a little wigged out here, son. There's a little bit of pressure. It feels like performance. Well, Daddy, when do you get peace? Do you ever get Pete? Do you ever feel safe from it? Oh yes, son. I believe. You see, I believe God's good. I believe that He has given us all of this to guide me, to show me a way that shows the world that I believe in God, God of Abraham and Isaac. You see, because it was even 430 years prior when Abraham was following God that there was no law. Well, Daddy, how did they know what to do? Son, He blows it in us. I believe He does. But we've got this list. But you ask, do I ever feel at peace? Well, there's another offering. <laughs> well, are you serious, Daddy? That's another offering? So i got to bring a peace offering now? Yes, we do. How come? Well, kind of helps you breathe a little bit. Helps you make you feel a little bit better about where we are. So can you feel that? And here's what I love, gang. Picture yourself in the field picking what you were going to pick to take to the temple. And having that conversation. And knowing that you've got to hand that conversation down to others and others and others. Because in the world that these folks live in is not different than our world. They were surrounded by people that did not believe in God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the questions would come firing in. Why do you believe that God? And the answer at some point would come because I believe our God will save. My God wants me to be saved. He wants me to be whole. He wants me to be empowered. That's why time and 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 generation and generation and generation, we see God reach down, grab us up and out of it, and place us back on solid ground. Here's how we know. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10. This was hard for me to try to figure out which one to, to drill in, so I'm telling you to go back and read. I'm, I'm begging you actually to, tonight to go back and at least read Hebrews 7, 8, 9, and 10. Don't let your head hit the pillow. Please. Don't let your head hit the pillow until you read Hebrews 7, 8, 9, 10. Please. This is uh, Hebrews 10, verse 8. First Christ said, 
You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. We just read that. For generations, families were teaching one another why they had to go to the temple. Verse 9, Then He said, Look, that's Jesus, I have come to do your will. Remember the Son asking his daddy, Lord, what, daddy, what's God's will? Jesus is saying, I have come to do your will, Father. He, Jesus, cancels the first covenant. It's like the stones that Moses was bringing down <laughs> obliterated. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will. God's desire, God's <laughs> deep purpose is for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body, Jesus Christ, once for all time. For all time. That's fantastic news, gang. Y'all, I just read, once for all time. It's fantastic news. It's why Candace is getting in the water. For all time. So what is your sacrifice you keep offering? What's the thing that you keep offering? Lord, are you happy with this? <coughs> Father, is this good? Is this grain okay? Is this sin offering alright, Lord? Jesus, once... For all time, do you pastio? Do you believe? Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. So Christ came. So you see how everything flowed through a priest? One, the sacrifice flowed through the the priest, Jesus Christ, so that all of us can be priests. When you say yes. I'm going to say that one again. The sacrifice flowed through the priest, Jesus Christ, so all of us can be priests. You are a priest in the name of Jesus Christ. And so why on Pentecost, Bivo? We're back to that question. I don't... I can't tell you definitively, but here's what I think. If the law was given to God and direct, if the law of Mo if the law handed to Moses was handed down just to say, "Look, man, I, this is the way I want you to go. This is the way I believe is the best thing for you in your life. It's going to show a world around us that you love me, that you believe who I am." Then on Pentecost, there's another guider. It's the Holy Spirit. The guide. The one to lead. It says throughout to be led by the Spirit. So could that be a connection 
that if on Sinai He was giving us the commandments to guide and we know that through Jesus Christ He has obliterated that and has canceled that and has made us new in Him, then it makes a little bit of sense to me that on Pentecost, 50 days later, the Holy Spirit, the God, the Comforter was sent to set our paths. And He harvested the first 120 The first 120. And the world has not been the same since. Praise God. Do you believe? I know. Look at calls him the master counselor. The helper. <laughs> Amen. Right? You don't have to follow the rules. My spirit's going to guide you. It's beautiful. So we're going to sing. If you've not ever said yes to the God, Jesus Christ. Now's your time. If you've already said yes and you want to celebrate like crazy that you're in the harvest, and that, as Christ said, He said, Man, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You guys are workers, man. You really are. And so our desire is that this time would be a time to charge you back up and go back out into the fields. And those fields start in our homes. And then those fields are at our schools. Then those fields are at work. So let's rise together. Everyone rise. And listen to this verse as the chairs start to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this verse as our, as our closing prayer. You've got communion here. I want everything to simmer down just a second. Here's how we're going to do. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate together as a family through the, the feast of Jesus, the love feast. After we've sang the last song, then we're going downstairs. We're going to celebrate big. The, the streets of Murfreesboro will echo with rousing thunderous applause because Candace is getting in the water. <laughs> that is a hallelujah. But listen to this as our closing. 2 Corinthians 3.3 3. Paul is writing, he said, Clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is not carved on tablets of stone, but on your hearts. That's what I see in you. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for how Your Word just makes us come alive. Lord, we believe. We sure do. And we will continue to do so with one another. We will continue to tear down walls that do not that want to divide. We are uniters, Lord. We want to unite in the streets and wherever we go in Your name and Your name only. So, Father, as we celebrate the love feast of Christ and then we go out and celebrate with Candace, let us do so unfettered. We're going to cut ourselves loose in this moment. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.